And so this morning, uh, for our message, we are going to be in Psalm 119. But before we even get to that, I want to just lay down a few things here just to help us uh, work through this word this morning. And so a couple things. I'm going to keep using the term psalmist. And, and when I, what I mean by that is just the psalm writer. Because with the psalms, particularly Psalm 119, many times we don't know the specific author or who wrote it. And so in saying psalmist, I'm just talking about what the author is saying in this particular message. And so that'll be a repeated term in case you're like, what is he talking about, right? Is that a new dance or jig or something? No, we're just talking about the author and writer of the psalm of this particular passage. And then a few other things here, in particularly Psalm 119, and even in the, just the section that we're going to be looking at this morning, there's different words that are used for the Word of God, okay? And so just because there's, there's different ways in speaking about the Word of God, different aspects of it, but holistically looking at it. And so as you see them, they're not different things. They're still talking about the Word of God. So you may hear uh, His ways. You may hear testimonies or judgments. You may hear statutes, right? Or you may hear the Word itself. You may hear rules, commandments, or precepts. These are all, they're not different things. It's just different ways of talking about the Word of God, and they represent different aspects of the Word of God, whether it's His written Word, His commandments, whether it's what He has spoken and decreed, whether it's dealing with His covenants and things that He has set forth and is going to bring to fulfillment, that's what is going to be happening there, and that's what we're going to be talking about. And so hopefully that's helpful for you in just laying that ground. At this time, we're going to go ahead and make the transition into uh, receiving our message. So if you want to go ahead and turn to Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16 is where we're going to be at this morning. It'll be up on your screen, um, but if you want to turn to your own Bible, there are Bibles in front of you if you like to have the physical Bible, um, or otherwise open your Bible app or tablet or whatever you prefer. And so let's go ahead and read this together. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commandments. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Would you join me in prayer one more time here as we get into receiving our message this morning? Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you just for the revelation of who you are. We thank you for the scriptures, God, and we uh, do not want to take that for granted, that you have revealed yourself and that you have given us uh, a way in which we can um, hear you, understand you, and know you through your word. And so as we get to this time this morning, God, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the truth of your word, Jesus. I pray that you would just leave us in awe of who you are through your word. Bring newness to our hearts. God, I pray that any distractions um, that may come to, to hinder us from really hearing your word as is, I pray that you would remove those from us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Teach us your ways. Renew passion in us for your word, God. What a privilege it is and honor it is to be able to share your message this morning. God, I pray that it would not just be another message. But really, would it, would it even now, as it has, as I was preparing to, to, to take shape and, and, and form my heart, 
And same for those who are hearing it this morning, God. Let it not just be another message that they hear, but let it shape them, let it transform them, let it, let it change them into being those who love you, those who pursue you, those who walk with you all the rest of their days in faithfulness. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So every year, at, with the turn of the calendar, I don't know what it is, in Western culture, we've been conditioned to kind of want to begin pursue change, right? right? When, it, when it comes to the new year, all of a sudden I want to make some changes in my life. Right? And this tradition, as we know it, as we just turn into the new year, is making a new year resolution, right? Setting, setting new goals for change. Um, because I just, you want to you see a different way in your life. And so some of the common things that people typically set goals to do or ways in which they want to change may be to physically get healthy, right? I want to exercise more, or I want to lose weight, or I want to, or I want to eat better. It could be financial goals, right? I want to do better with my finances, or I want to save, and these kinds of things. Or it could be, man, I just want to have healthier relationships. I need to work towards this relationship with this friend or this family member or whoever it is. And so... It always happens, right? In our society, in our culture, when it comes to, I don't know, some of you guys maybe have set New Year's resolutions or have set goals for yourself in this new year, some things to pursue and some ways in which to change. I think as, as people pursue and seek to set those goals, they're probably asking themselves some questions, right? There's some questions that come with that. Whether it's with exercise, it's a question of how can I be healthier as a person physically, Right? economically or financially? How can I have healthy relationships? And so our passage this morning kind of has a similar tone to it in that the psalmist is asking a question in how he can continue to change and be transformed and pursue the ways of God and the things of God. And so we see our passage start and the question is, what is that question? The psalmist asks a question, how can a young man be made pure? Or how can a young man keep his way pure? Okay. Now, for some of us, we can look at that. Okay, so is that just addressing young men? No, not necessarily, right? Specifically, with the young man piece, it is speaking to the psalmist himself. He's probably a young man, and he's talking about his own life experience and where he's at. And so for each of us here, right, there is a desire, and we're all called to pursue a pure way to have a single pursuit in our lives, and that is God himself through his word. And so it's not just a young man that needs to be pure, right? Or the young man to have a singular pursuit of his life. It's for the young woman, for the old woman, for the old man, for each of us in here, if we are called to have a relationship with God. And so better yet, looking at that question, it may be better to just plop your name right there where it says young man. How can Friday keep his way pure? Make it intentional. Make it personal. How can Friday keep his way pure? And this idea of pure, right, oftentimes we can see that because it's together with, with, with a young man. It can be most tend to walk towards, well, is this talking about sexual purity? No, not necessarily. That's just a small aspect of it, right? Because God's heart and God pursues and God desires not just that we be pure in one sense, but that we would be pure holistically have all of our hearts, have all of our minds transformed to be those who follow him, who pursue him, who have the singular 
path that we're walking on towards God. And so this word here is talking about a cleansing, being completely changed in heart and in mind towards pursuing God. One way towards God. I have a singular focus and a singular path in which I want to walk on. And that is one that is going towards God. How can Friday, how can a young man, how can whoever you are keep his way pure? All right. And so right in asking the question then, the psalmist also answers it at this point. What is the answer and response? There's three things that he's talking about here in answer or in response to that very question. How do I continue in the way of being transformed and changed after the things of God? One, first and foremost, by keeping the word of God was one of the first things that he talks about. By keeping the word of God. What does this mean? Other translations say guard. Okay? This is a defensive type of word. This is a defensive type of pasture, right? Meaning I'm going to hold this. I'm not going to allow anything, right, to come and take the word of God and the seed of God, which has been planted on my heart, or to destroy it or to remove it from me. Guard it, right? It may be as you're hearing this word keep, and even as I was thinking about it, you know, in medieval days and castles and things like that, fortresses, they have the keep, which is that last stance of defense, where you're keeping and will protect and hold the last stance of those things which are most important. And so if the word of God is that important to my life, particularly to me keeping and pursuing God, I'm going to guard it. I'm going to protect it, right? You protect and guard the important things to you, don't you? Those who have kids, spouses, friends, maybe physical things, you will go through any means and any extent to protect and guard those things. It ought to be the same way with the Word of God, which has been planted on our hearts, which is the very source of our lives. It's not just a physical word. It's the very thing that gives us life. How can we do anything less than protect it and guard it as much as we can? Secondly, the psalmist goes on to say, well, do I just protect and guard and hold on to the things that I know that I've said? No, I got to continue to pursue God himself. I got to continue to see God. He said, I have sought God with all my heart. I don't just keep the word. I keep desiring, keep seeking to learn, keep seeking to grow, keep seeking to dive in and understand what it is that God is telling me how it is that he's leading me, what it is that he wants from me, how it is that he desires to change me. I must continue to intentionally seek God, right? In just regular terms, I know, maybe a lot of you are too old to play hide-and-seek unless you've got kids. Then you ain't too old. You're going to be playing hide-and-seek no matter what, right? There's, the purpose of the game is simple. Find the person that's hiding. Unless you're playing with kids, of course, then they just are right there. <laughs> right? They don't make it too hard for you. Just hide behind the pillow, and then you're like, and you got to pretend you don't see them, okay? And then eventually, they're like, here I am. It's like, oh, okay. All right, thanks. That's cool. Yep. But so there's intentionality. There's purpose. Seeking. There's action to it. I have to go and pursue. I have to go and see what's going on here in seeking God. We are always forever seeking God, all of our lives. This is the purpose of our lives, you guys, that we seek God always. Continue to, we will never arrive in this life. 
You will breathe your last, and, 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 and it will feel like you have barely gotten to know God, right? But our purpose is to keep seeking Him. So how important it is that we continue to seek God, especially because He's revealed Himself. He's not hidden Himself. We are so privileged and honored, guys. As, we, as I speak about this very word, consider this. The psalmist that is speaking here, at this time, he probably had maybe one-third of the Bible, possibly two-thirds of the Scriptures as written. We have the complete revelation, the whole Old and New Testament in which we get to see God at work. We get to see the character of God. We get to see we have all of it. There's nothing hidden. God has fully revealed himself. He's revealed himself in the person of Jesus, and then we have the completeness of Scripture to continue to lead us into doing that. So how can we not seek that which has already been given to us? To come and find me. He's not hiding himself from you. Come and find me. Come and seek me. The psalmist has set himself to seek God in his word. And it's not a casual thing. I don't just seek God when I feel like it or when I want to or when it just benefits me, when it's just okay for me, right? Or just to put on face that I am a good Christian or I got things together. No, in every circumstance, in every situation, lean in, press in, seek God. Thirdly, the psalmist talk about, I have treasured the word of God. I have treasured the word of God. The word of God must become of great value, right? For us in our hearts. It was for the psalmist. I have to, this, this great treasure, the, the very thing in which you hold on to most, which you delight in most, it's got to be that treasure. Other, other translations say, I have hidden your word in my heart, right? I've kept it in my innermost being. At the core of who I am, your word lies. It's at the very center of all that I am. What do you treasure most in this life? How do you treat that treasure? Hmm? You know, Jesus talks about this whole idea of what is our treasures, right? In Matthew he talks about that, and he's particularly speaking about material things. And he gives the example, either you'll either pursue God or will pursue money and wealth and those types of things. And he said, right, what he talks about is where your treasure is, there your heart lies. What is your treasure? Is it God or is it everything and anything else but him? Will you treasure God? And when we treasure it and when the word of God is hidden in us, then it cannot be taken away from us, you guys. There's nothing that can take it away from you or remove it from you when you've treasured it, when you've hidden it in yourself. It cannot be stolen or it will not rust, right? That's what Jesus said. Why are you building up all these other treasures of material things, things that can be stolen tomorrow, things that will just rust tomorrow? No, rather treasure for yourself those things of value that no one can steal, no one can take away. It will never rust, and it does not just last for this life now, but into eternity. That ought to be your treasure. I have treasured your word in my heart. There is, of course, benefit to treasuring the word of God. Okay? I like this uh, quote by D.L. Moody. He says, the Bible will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from the Bible. 
what the idea is, because the psalmist said, I have treasured your word, or I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. What is the desire, right? It's about relationship. It's about right relationship with God. I have hidden this word in my heart that I may not sin against you. It is you that matters to me, that relationship. It's not necessarily my, my habits or behaviors or those types of things. It's about the right relationship with God. That's why I do not want to give into sin, walk into sin, but rather I want to pursue you in your word. And when I've treasured that word in my heart, when I've kept that word in my heart, then I am more likely to walk in ways that honor you, in ways that exalt you. As I think back about this, I think back to even, you know, uh, some of my, my uh, college days, I remember, like, struggling in many ways, um, you know. And so, and I remember having memorized scriptures like this one, Psalm 119, 9 through 16. It's actually one of my, my favorites and one that I've taken to memory many times. Because practically what treasuring the word can look like is Bible memorization. Get it in your heart, get it in your head, right, so that it is there. Because you will find when you come to those moments where you are tempted, where you are facing, right, these struggles or lies that you tell yourself in your head that are not true about God or true about you or true about the realities of life, that word you will see will come forth to hold you strong, right? When I want to give in, when the temptation is so real, it's so heavy, so strong, then the word reminds me, right? God is true. God is faithful. God is strong. He's made you pure. You are loved in him. You are made free in him. What are those truths, right? We talk about affirmations and not just affirmations, but remembering the covenants of God, the ways of God, what God has promised to fulfill. When that is constantly here or comes up, right? When we look all around us and our nation is a wreck, our world's a wreck, (laughs) relationships in our lives are a wreck, I'm reminded of this word that I've treasured, that I've put in my heart. Memorize, give yourself to memorizing scripture if you've not. Take one passage at a time. Maybe a couple verses. Maybe an entire book. I wouldn't recommend Psalm or (laughs) the whole Psalms. But then again, it's not impossible, right? Jewish tradition, they used to memorize the whole Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And Islam, they memorize the whole Quran from a young age. Right? So what it is, again, but the heart of this is not out of duty, but that I desire and I want to treasure the word of God. So I'm going to give myself to memorizing it so that it is in here, that even when I don't have that physical word, when I don't have my phone, when I don't have the preaching of the word or these videos that I watch or whatever it is, these other ways, it, it's within me and it comes up and it leads me, it guides me. Treasure the word of God. Give yourself to scripture memory. Yeah. So now, in, in, in the midst of this, right, so the psalmist asks a question, then he has his own response. Hey, how am I going to go about this? How could I possibly walk in this pure way? But then something for us to consider, how is God working in this, or what is God doing in the midst of this? The psalmist affirms and recognizes uh, two ways in particular in which there's, I'm sure there's more, in which God is working to bring about this walking in the pure way or keeping the pure way. And the first thing that he says, it was right after he says, I have sought you with my own heart. Because then there's a recognition like, oh man, yeah, I want to seek you with my heart, but I know I am prone to wander. Anybody feel that? Yeah. He says, I want to, but I know I'm going I'm to I'm, I'm step off the road a little bit. 
You know, there are things within me, there are things outside of me, there are things surrounding me that are, that, are, that are trying to keep me off that path. But he says, do not let me wander from your commandment. What he recognizes is that I don't have a power within myself. I don't have the means or a way within myself apart from you, God. You are the one who can keep me on this narrow path to which you've called me to. I can't do it. It's not on you to do it, Right? Walk in obedience, but it is God who does it. Do not let me wander from your commandment. He puts it on God. God has the power. God has the means to keep you walking towards him, to keep you on the pure way, on the pure path. Amen? So would we seek him and trust him and believe him to be doing so? Yeah. Again, I just think back all the many times with different challenges and different struggles. And, and I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful when I remember moments of just like desperation and wanting to give in, but then just experiencing the power of God and then be like, man, God, I thank you that you will not let me go too far. Thank you that you will not utterly leave me to, to, to myself. So that I'm, I'm in despair and I'm utterly giving myself to all things, one, that don't honor you, but ultimately that destroy me. I thank you, God. That holy resistance of God to keep you from pursuing what otherwise would destroy you and keep you towards him, towards following him. God, right, do not let me wander from your commandment. God will keep you on this pure path, on this narrow way that he set for us. Secondly, he says of God, teach me your statutes, right? How am I going to know the ways in which to walk? How am I going to know the ways in which to keep walking unless I'm taught, unless it's been shown to me, not just by word, by, but also with deed? That is also God. He says, God, you teach me. You teach me your ways. You see, God desires to teach us. Jesus talks about it again in John 14 as he talks about the Holy Spirit coming and he says the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth and he will teach you all the things that I've taught you to follow and to walk in the ways that I've taught you to walk. So it's both through his word, but it's both through deed that God teaches us and shows us how to walk after him, how to pursue him. And this is not to say that we don't learn from others, but ultimately, here's the thing. You want to learn from people that are being taught of God. Amen? Okay? You want to learn from people that are being taught by God. They themselves desire to be taught from, by God and learn from God. Paul says what? Paul says, hey, be imitators of me even as I imitate Christ. So he says, learn from me, but only because I'm learning from Jesus. Because I'm following Jesus. And so when we consider the teachers and the people in our lives, we, want, we, we do, we can learn from others. And we should learn from others, right, from the body of Christ. But only as much as the people themselves are continuing to learn from God. Because ultimately what the source comes back to of that learning, of that growing, is God himself. Through his Holy Spirit working in us to teach each other, to teach us and to teach each other and to keep us grounded in him. And so God keeps us on the narrow path. He will not let us wander. And God is the one who teaches us and keeps us going after himself. So then, as, and then, so then as we shift in the psalm here, the second half of the psalm, 
the psalmist lays down for us four convictions or four evidences, right? In in the first piece, there was a response to the question that he was asking and what it is that he's desiring. Now he said, this is the way in which I'm going to continue or I want to continue and will continue. So four convictions. And my desire is that these also be our convictions if we don't have these convictions ourselves. First and foremost, he says, I will proclaim with my lips the judgments that come from your mouth. I will proclaim. And so what is the idea behind this? Essentially, it's, it's testifying. It's having a testimony of God, of the things that God has laid in a set and is fulfilling. Has anybody been changed by God, transformed by God, met by God? Hello? Yes. So we got something to proclaim, don't we? And we, and we ought to proclaim it. And so this piece of proclaim the judgments with your lips is twofold, right? In one, I got a, the idea is behind it, preach the word to myself. So even as I'm standing, preaching and speaking before you now, if this word has no meaning in my own life, then it's worthless. Yes, I hope you do get something from it. But if it's not changing me myself, what I'm doing here is purposeless. And it is not the heart of God. I got to preach this word to myself first before I think I can preach it to anybody else. Again, that reminder is I'm wrestling through truth and lies and what is what. Let the word speak to you. Declare to yourself what God has done. Lift up your voice and say, God, you are faithful. You have done this. God, you are good. You have done this. God, you are mighty. You will fulfill this. How great is your love that you've lavished on us. Preach to yourself the word of God. And then secondly, testify to others of what God has done in your life. Okay, you don't got to look like this guy, all right? Don't go get a megaphone after this service. I don't recommend it, (laughs) okay? So it's not the idea, but just share your testimony. Share what God has done. Share what God is doing. If he's really alive, if he's really at work, if he's done some things, then we we, we shouldn't help but to share and talk about it, amen? Okay? Because we're not talking about anything more than what is happening in our lives, and God being the center of that life, okay? People like to talk about their lives, <laughs> don't they? Yeah. Social media has amplified that even more. We, we love to share about everything that's going on with us. So why not have that be, what is God doing? What has he done? What will he do? Proclaim that, okay? All right, secondly, here we go, second conviction. He says, I will rejoice, right? I got to look at it here. Apologize. I had it. I will rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. Rejoice. I'm going to have joy. How about your word, God? I'm going to have joy in what you've shown. Okay? And, 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 and it's beautiful because then he gives this illustration, this picture, all right, of I'm going to rejoice as one would rejoice in great riches. I don't know, maybe none of y'all have met. Has anybody here met anyone who's won the lottery? Okay, Liz has, right? Or anyone who just has great riches and great wealth. Are they typically depressed and just down? Like, ugh, I just won the lottery. What a bummer. That sucks. So horrible. No. When you have great riches or win something like that, or there's joy about it, and rightly there should be. Right? But then what the psalmist is saying, I should have even greater joy about the things of God, the word of God as has been revealed, than even 
those who have great riches. And so we want that to be a conviction of our lives. Where does my joy come from? What is my joy about? What is my joy rooted in? Thirdly, we can go to the next one. Get going a little bit faster here. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. Biblical meditation is, is kind of a lost art in our days and even in, our, in Western culture and in church. But meditation, really taking, I know when people hear meditation, typically your mind goes maybe to Eastern practices, right? The whole idea of emptying your mind so that there's nothing there. That's not the way of, of biblical meditation. Biblical, what biblical meditation calls us to do is actually fill our minds with the Word of God and the truth of God, okay? So that it has effect in our lives. And so the psalmist says, yet this other conviction, how am I going to keep walking in this pure way? I will meditate on the Word of God. I will meditate on your precepts. I will not just give five minutes, but I will do due diligence where I'm taking a passage and I'm chewing on it. I'm wrestling with it. I'm asking questions. I'm praying through it, coming back through it. I remember one of the guys from, uh, he was a teacher at IHOP. His name was Corey Russell. And um, he was talking about just kind of this meditation where he spent six months literally just meditating on, continuing to think on, just this one phrase, Father, I desire, from John 17, where Jesus talks about his desire, that God would have desire, and what it is that God desires, and just like chewing on that, allowing that to really take hold of his heart. What does that look like for you to really meditate on, to give yourself to thinking about intentionally, not just going away from it, right? Not just reading it and, and whatever, setting it aside, or just a quick devotional, but really sitting. What is this saying? What does this mean? And coming back to it over and over and over and over again, right? For us as believers, it's a lifetime of learning and growing in God. Biblical meditation. Read it over. Think on it over. Write it out multiple times. Use different practices and means of getting it in you and thinking over it. And so, because as we remember in Joshua, the Bible oftentimes talks about this. Joshua said, I will meditate on your word day and night on your commandments, right? That is my desire. That is how I'm shaped. Thirdly, or fourthly, last one here, I would delight in your statutes. Again, we talked about there's so many different words. Treasure, I will love, I will rejoice, I will delight in your statutes. Definitely the, the, the idea out of this, I will do it out of love. I will seek you in your word out of love, not out of duty, not because I have to, not because that's what Christians do, not because that's what my pastor says, not because that's what everyone else is doing, but I love God, and he has shown himself in his word, so I'm going to, that is my delight. That is what I love. This is who I love. So I'm going to seek after him in his word. I will delight in your word. And then tied to that piece of delighting in God's word, then, is you can go to the final slide. I will not neglect or forget your word. Because how often it is that we do that. With the Word of God, it's easy for us, especially in this culture, to get complacent because we got five physical Bibles and we have the Bible app on our phone and our tablet and this, that, and the other. So there can be complacency about that where it's not as great of a treasure or it's easy to just set aside for when, it, for when I want to or when it feels good to me to, to, to seek Him in that. 
But the, 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 the psalmist challenges himself in us. Don't forget the word of God. And when we go back to that piece of memorization and meditation, that's also a piece of not allowing us to forget the word of God. Because if we don't forget it, then we are certain to walk in this pure way. We don't allow it to leave our minds and our hearts. And thereby it not being evident in our actions and the ways that we live. Don't let that word sit on the shelf. Don't settle for, uh, I, I think, again, the idea is not to be dutiful, but people talk about it all the time. Man, when I don't spend even a day in the word of God, you feel it. You realize it. You see the impact of it on your life. And the difference that it makes, how God meets you in that. So I don't forget it. I don't set it aside. I don't neglect it as just something I can do later. But it's as the center said, my main pursuit. And so, inclusion and in conclusion, as we end, my desire for us, and as we talk about this this morning here through the Psalms, is that we be people of a pure way, people of a singular pursuit. We must be intentional about pursuing God through His Word by establishing habits. You see what the psalmist talked about, his convictions, and even some of the things about the Word. These are habits that he established in his life that he walked through the rest of his days and just continuing to encounter God and walk after God. And so we ought to have those things as well, those habits in our lives, those disciplines in our lives that take us beyond just Bible reading. Things such as in-depth Bible study. Do you have that happening in your life? Some of that meditation, scripture memorization that gets the word in your heart and your mind and then bearing fruit in your life. But even before we get to that point, it's important that we're just getting our, our, ourselves to the place where we are reading the Word of God in the first place. And so my encouragement to you um, is to begin a Bible reading plan if you don't have one. Okay, It's helpful to have a plan. It keeps you staying on the course. It keeps you going and even being able to do that with others. Some sources that may be helpful for that. The Bible app is a great resource for that in just having a Bible plan. The Word of God. Some ones that I've done last year with a group of friends from college did the, the Bible project, the Bible to, um, through the Bible in a year. One that I'm doing this year is called One Story That Leads to Jesus. It's a, it's a one-year Bible reading plan as well. In the back table, I've printed out some different, some different options that you can look through. I sent them out via email as well just to challenge us. Man, let's be renewed in our pursuit of the Word of God and let that speak and direct us. I think in this last year, last couple of years especially, we've had so many voices and so many different things speaking into our lives and how we should live our lives and how we should go about the relationships that we're going and the decisions that we should make that are contrary to the Word of God. And so let's get back to God Himself through His Word. And it's got to begin by just reading the Word and then diving in deeper. I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team to come on up here as we go ahead and close in prayer. If you want to talk to me about just kind of growing in some of those things, meditation, Bible memorization, or even to Scott and some of the other pastors and elders, please come see us. We want to help you walk through that and some of those, uh, implementing some of those disciplines in your own life that you may continue to pursue God as a singular purpose of your life. Father, we do thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you that you've made us to, to, to walk in a pure way, that you made us to walk after you, that you made us to have you as our single pursuit and desire. 
I thank you that that begins with the Word of God, in which the Bible, in which you've revealed yourself, God. So would we, again, have the Bible be our treasure? Have you be that which we seek, the one which we seek through your Word? God, I know there's hardships with that, there's brokenness with that, there's struggles with that and understandings with that, but Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just uh, uh, do a work in us and renew passion in us for your Word. Renew passion in us to be those who just sit before you with the Scriptures, sit before the Scriptures, meditate, think on your ways, think on who you are, God. And allow ourselves to be transformed and changed by you. Not by our own effort, not by our own strength, not by things that we ourselves can do, but first and foremost, it begins with you doing a work in us. Thank you that you are the one who starts a work in us, and thank you that you are the one who brings it to a completion. So thank you that you keep us on the pure way towards you all the rest of our days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.